Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Relaunch Live. And I have somebody that I actually, if you remember way back, I actually had this person on probably when I first started even the podcast. And I thought, you know what? There are a few people that I love to connect with. And she is one of them. And she's got updates galores for us. We've got so much to talk about. And who am I talking about? I feel like I need a drum roll here. It is Renee Warren. She is an award-winning entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, author, founder of We Wild Women, a platform that helps women-led business businesses actually gain the media exposure that they deserve. She's also the host of the celebrated podcast, Into the Wild, a program that features curated interviews with women entrepreneurs and provides actionable advice to women who are launching or growing their own dream businesses. Again, are you kind of figuring this out why I am so excited to have Renee here? She firmly believes that the best advice comes from someone who has successfully done it before. Her approach in coaching comes from over, like me, I love this, 23 years of experience. And I'm sure she's gonna tell us so many things that have changed, evolved, because we know when 23 years ago I started, it was called consulting. Now it is coaching. She is, absolutely an incredible incredible gal and i i follow her i know what's going on in her life but now it's time for you to get to know renee a little bit more you're listening to the relaunch podcast and i'm your host hillary de caesar best-selling author speaker and transformational coach widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, we'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. Renee, welcome to the show. Hillary, thanks so much for having me. It's kind of funny because I've been doing this for 23 years but I mean, if I'm 25 years old, then I've only been doing since I was <laughs> isn't two. That the, isn't that the truth? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, yeah. I love the fact that there are a few people that I've actually had on the show twice, and you are one of my favorites. I love following you. And I would love, I don't like to go back and re-say everything we talked about last time. I like to start fresh, but at the same time, I want to talk about like, you know, who you are and why I thought it was critical to get you on again. So I'm going to pass it over to you, your, your massive relaunch, the things that are going on, and let's change the listener's world right now with this conversation. Okay. Talk about a relaunch when 
we last spoke, I was coaching women in business Mm -hmm. and long story short, I used to run a PR agency and I had a team and we had clients from South Africa to San Diego. I fell out of love with it very quickly. Um, well over the course of seven years, because in the same year that I launched it, I had both my babies. Mm. So my boys are 11 months apart. So it was like new mom to running a growing business. Then I burnt out, got into coaching, but realized this whole time that I loved PR <laughs> and I loved their creativity and the fast pace of the industry. And so I jumped back into it. It was after a Tony Robbins event, only probably five months ago. Oh, no way. So this truly, yeah. I mean, this is now happening. It is like going down right now. I love, it's like breaking news, breaking news on Renee. (laughs) Well, maybe it was more than five months ago, but I can tell you the day it was December 8th, yeah, 2022. And I was at state with destiny in Florida. And I was finally like just shedding all these layers. And I said, screw this. Uh, And then Tony really forces you to kind of lean up against all of these things that are stopping you from doing what you want to do. And so when I looked at those, like those walls, I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to push you down because I want to do the thing that's on the other side of this. And the only thing that's stopping myself was me. Mm -hmm. And so finally, when I did it and I was so like, I was so afraid to go out there. I was ashamed. I was worried that, oh, I've built this identity about being a coach and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. When I jumped back into it, and I started creating content around it, the messages I got were like, wow, Renee, this is really who you are. I can really see you shining brighter. Thanks for shining your light. It's so beautiful to watch this journey unfold. And so great is that. And and by the way, (laughs) by that way, that date with destiny, I did it probably, well, a couple of years before COVID. It was so incredible. I thought, I mean, I can still see my face because somebody took a picture and I didn't know it. And I was just, I was lit up and it truly changed the course of my business. Although it just, it allowed me to be very focused on who I really wanted to impact. It just laser focused me in that day. And I met some of the most incredible people that further developed. Like it was the collaborations have been incredible. I, I am so glad that you shared that. And here's another thing. I believe that once you are a coach, right? Once you've been doing what we've been doing for as long as we have, you're still coaching no matter what you're doing. You're coaching now Perfect. with like a PR twist. You're, I'm so excited to hear about the changes because you, you were in it, then you weren't in it directly, right? Mm-hmm. And the changes that came from everything that's gone down in the last few years around PR and around how everybody, you know, everyone needs that light to be just the spotlight on them. So, so cool. I'm so glad that that that's a cool relaunch. So at this point, you're now you're now getting back into it. You're just like jumping right in. And PR today, can you (laughs) can you help us understand exactly what it looks like? Because things have changed. Oh, well, so first of all, the industry was flipped upside down. Um, I, I was told that every 10 ish years, the, the journalism industry changes COVID definitely complemented that. And there were a ton of staff writers that were laid off. I think at this point now it's in the thousands, Meredith dot dash business insider, Buzzfeed, you name it. Mm -hmm. And so now all of a sudden 
we have these quote connections of like a publicist mm-hmm. was hired because of their connections. Now all of a sudden it's like, kind of like when you, you know, smush an anthill and all of a sudden the ants kind of just go dispersed <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. And so now we're like, well, my journalist friend is still writing. They no longer have relationships with the editors because the editors are also moving around. Yeah. So all this stuff was happening in the industry. And this is only as of late in the last like couple of years, there's a big, a big shift, but whenever there's a change, there's an opportunity. Hmm. And while some people are on the sidelines thinking, AI took my job, that's it. Or something happened. I look at it as what's the opportunity here. <laughs> if you're not using AI in your business, then you're losing out. You really are. Totally. Um, and, and, and that's interesting because what you're saying is so many people, and I did a workshop yesterday that people are still sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out AI, trying to figure out, you know, what's next. And you can't do that. You can't, you have to take that one small step, even if it's today, just going in and it's a free, you know, element chat GPT, just, just ask it a question say hello, say hello. And I'm interested in finding more about this. How can I leverage this in my business? I mean, chat GBT is like one component of the, of AI. And there are so many actual tools out there. Now you can buy like a $17 spreadsheet that has all these AI commands you can use for chat GBT, which is like an example would be, Hey, write me a five page lead magnet about PR for tech startups in 2023. And maybe you add a couple more commands and it just like yeah. pumps it out. Now I will say I use this for PR. However, that's only the foundation you take it. And then you actually build upon it because cut and paste. No, 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 no. Um, no. And the real reason just, is it doesn't sound like anybody. It sounds, sounds like, like it's robot. automated. It sounds like a robot. Yeah. It doesn't sound like there's any warm and fuzzy, but it sure does a good job with an outline. It is. It expedites yeah. our work. So that's, that's how I see it is that it brings the process. Um, it, it narrows the process down. You're saving time. hundred percent. And it gives you ideas and it's like, oh, you're inspired by this. And I come up yeah. with like podcast topic ideas and blog topic ideas and things to teach about. Yeah. Um, but oh, the yeah. changing landscape of PR is now like, so think about that picture of these ants going everywhere. And now you have to go find where these ants are. And recreate those relationships, but support these people at the same time. Hmm. So the way that I look at PR is that it's the mother of all marketing. And because the foundation of it is it's about relationship building. Hmm. And those people do business with those they know, like, and trust. So whatever you got to do in your business to put yourself out there, to be known, to be liked and trusted is expedites the business. It's the speed of business. It's the same with relationships. It's the same with marketing. The whole, what you're trying to do is just make yourself known, liked, and trusted. Okay. So you're starting a business. At what point do you recommend bringing in a PR person? I don't recommend bringing in a PR person from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I do recommend starting the process from the beginning. And what does that look like? So the process looks like, I always say, so I'm actually right after this recording, I'm going to give a workshop. It's the first part of it is getting your ducks in a row. So what does that mean? It means what exactly are you about? What's your story? What are you pitching? Is it a product or service? Like mm-hmm. understanding that can take time all while you're building out your media list. Because the one question I get is, 
where do I find these people? Who are these people? And that's the long process. I have a person on my team, her sole job for 20 hours a week is updating and building our media list. That's all she does. Which means so, she's reaching out, trying to find all those connections, making sure that you know the there. stories, you know what's happening, you know what, like you have the, the finger on the pulse, right? Well, and like here would be a perfect example. And this is arguably the most time consuming component is we look at like a podcast tour. And maybe Hillary doesn't take guests, but maybe she talks about other people's books and frameworks and things. How can I get her to mention my book? Mm. So, hey, Hillary, we just launched this new book. Uh, it's in line with some of the content you talk about. Is it something I can send you so you can read and maybe you can mention it on your show because you don't take guests? So there's that layer that you have to dig deep when it comes to looking at every opportunity. Podcasts alone, there's over 3 million of them. <laughs> in the world. I think oh, there's only yes, like there, yes, there 500,000 <laughs> of them. They're active and active. It's considered an episode a month or something like that. There's a lot of opportunity. And so when you look at all of these like opportunities mm -hmm. with contacts and journalists and podcasts and publications, TV shows, radio, you're like, where, where do you begin? It's do a you great begin? question. It's a great yeah. question right there. Because even when you said a few of those things, um, recently I've started to do a lot more around TV and people are like, is TV still a thing? <laughs> and I'm like, actually, it is still a thing. But then there's others that are like, oh, TV. Wow, that's so cool. And I just want to say that I'd love to get your perspective because there are those that are starting out. There are those that are, and I, I help women go from six to seven to eight figures. There's a time and a place. You can't, you can't do it all. Just like no. you can't be on every single social media platform, right? Mm. There's a point. I'd love to get your perspective on when do you add in a little bit more of the PR? When do when you, you when you look at your business goals? So here's yeah. here's one way of looking at it. There's there's different ways because so many variables, but what are your business objectives in the coming year? Right. And you work backwards from there. What are the things you know in your marketing toolkit that actually works? What can be amplified? For me, it's like Instagram works. That's how I got to be on the show again. Cause I just messaged you. I'm like, congrats on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so for me, if I'm not in my Instagram DMS that I'm losing out on sales. So that I know works for me, but I also know it works for me is being on other people's shows and having specific guests on my show because we develop a relationship. And if I'm doing anything else other than those two things that I'm losing out on a lot of opportunity. So you're so as as you, focused. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as you start creating a repeatable, scalable system for those different things, when you get capacity back and you see what's working is when you can actually start considering other options and who knows, maybe starting with PR will work for you, <laughs> but PR is all about, you have to have something juicy for people to want to talk about. You have to have a story, a product, a service that is solving problems. That is amazing. Um, everybody has a story. Okay. So let's talk about everybody has a story and we yeah. call it, you know, we like to say it's your origin story and why are you doing what you're doing? Right. And I've now been on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcast shows, you name it. And you have to be able to say, and, and have the story. And, and I have to say at the beginning, I messed this up. I would say, you know, well, I thought it was one story I was telling that was really critical and impactful, but it didn't necessarily tie into what I was doing. 
on how I, you know, transform people in their businesses. It was a great story and one that I love telling, but it wasn't relevant. So how do you help somebody as they're listening to this, start to go down the path of crafting the right origin story that is interesting, newsworthy, and is directly tied to what they're doing? A lot of digging. I I can't tell you how many biographies I have reformatted, tweaked and jig rejigged because they were just boring. Like people want to know what you do, but they also know want to know the exciting things. And when I read a Absolutely. good bio, I'm like, "Ooh, this is good." So it's it all comes down to like, why are you doing this? But really why? Mm. Like it's it's always beyond the money, but really why are you doing this? Who are you serving? Because who are you serving? Who are your customers? You got to know where they're hanging out. They're hanging out online. Are they listening to podcasts, watching shows, the Today Show? They're reading magazines. That is really important for the type of story that you're crafting too. Perfect example is I reached out to the editor in chief of a publication in Canada called BC Business. It's our province's business magazine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, what's the angle for this guy? And I came up with a story that as soon as I moved to where we live now in Kelowna, British Columbia, two and a half, almost three years ago, um, gosh, we celebrated our two year anniversary in our house yesterday. I missed that, but so I said, great. We, we've first, been here exactly two years right now as well. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, so we, when I first, when I moved to the city across the country, I was like, what's the quickest way for me to meet all the entrepreneurs locally? I became an entrepreneur in residence at our local tech accelerator. I became a mentor for this organization called Kelowna Women in Business. And I just started like laying down roots and meeting the people and just understanding the ecosystem here. What I realized was that quickly turned around to me knowing a lot of people <laughs> and having them invite me to come speak at events and offer services. And so when I was looking at this guy named Nathan, who's the editor-in-chief of BC Business, I'm like, oh, here's the juicy bit. And this just kind of like a flash of creative genius over coffee one morning is <laughs> I had a, a really cool subject line for my email and I, and I pitched him saying, I have this really cool angle idea of, and I told him the story, moving to Kelowna, integrated in these business. And I said, what a great story to inspire other entrepreneurs to become more community focused. Mm. So the story would be like how I integrated into the community and what I did for the ecosystem of small businesses in the tech space and how to inspire other entrepreneurs that are successful in the area to do the same thing. And he's like, oh, I love it. And so he's like, we're busy right now, but we're going to come back to this. So for me, it's like, I'm not talking about PR right? It's not right. about what I do, but it's about how I'm giving back. That's the angle. So now all of a sudden, you know, if I get into online or if I get into the magazine, people are going to know of me and my bio is going to be there. And then they're going to recognize me more because of that. So it's like hmm. the angle, the story, the pitch has a lot to do with who you're pitching, the publication they're writing for, or if it's TV or radio, so it's like every pitch is really specific to that person. That's why it's like PR is intimidating. I have a rule that if you work with me, you have to guarantee 90 days of active work or else it won't work for you because people will pitch for two or three weeks and then they give up. Oh, Renee, it's not working. I'm like, yeah, it's not working right this second. It's I agree. Like that is so losing. important. You want to lose 40 pounds? You're not going to lose in the first week. Doesn't you know, matter. and that goes back to coaching again, right there. Totally. Is that I will not even take anybody 
for less than three months. And really it's like six months because if you really want to have massive things happen to you, if you want to have like those incredible transformation that I can't believe this, that's a miracle. Then you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go backwards to go forwards. I always say, you know, you have to take the steps to really have the success. And I don't want people to have the one-off. Hey, that was really great. Like, you know, flash in the pan, boom, did it. I want them to be able to take forward into their lives no matter what. And I think that's why people keep coming back and they're like, I need to work with you again. I need to work with you. And Mm -hmm. I'm hearing that same thing. You did mention something that I I do want to bring up because I think it's, it's funny. And I think we do get caught on thinking that we want something and then you get, you know, kind of like, oh, do I really want that? I am when I first came back after COVID and I was really getting back out there, right? There was a time where we just weren't, nobody was doing really anything. And I was asked this question, Hillary, if you could, if you could be anywhere, like your ultimate dream of PR, what would you want? And I said, I want to co-host on the Today Show with Hoda. I love her. I swear to God, I think if I ever met her, we'd be best friends. Like already in my mind, we already are. We're already like hanging out, having dinners, you know, doing a fun stuff, talking about her relaunches. I mean, I got it. It's all in my mind. And then I was asked, well, is that where your target audience is? Are they, are they hanging out there? I'm like, don't tell me that. (laughs) I'm like, no, I don't want to hear that. But you got to be honest with yourself. My audience right now is not tuning into the Today Show in the morning and hanging out and watching it as much as I would love to do that. That would be a high for me. I had to reevaluate. I had to reassess. I had to look at it honestly from a each and every time I do something with PR, how is this really going to help my business? Or is it ego? Ego, hey, this would be the coolest thing. Now, If you can get get me on the Today Show, I'm all in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Let's go back to that because I do believe that there's something to be said about that credibility builder of you being on the show with someone that that inspires you. Mm -hmm. What it's going to do for business in terms of dollar bills, maybe it'll have a little boost. Who knows? It probably will. But the reality is that any sort of media win, which it could be a link to your website, radio interview, whatever it is, is still a win in that it's kind of feeding extra eyeballs towards you. And in the online space, I call it Google juice. Anytime a a highly notable website links back to your website, if you know anything about SEO, it increases your website's authority. And so you know what? that's good. So I have to take out the, I want to be a co-host permanently with her and just say, I just want to be on once. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You didn't say permanently. I didn't know this was like a career switch for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing about this because literally like that is in my head, but no, now I'm willing to just say, Hey, here's my book. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the thing good. is like, there are different ways of approaching PR. Some people want to just get out there to build their credibility and authority. And there's other people that are looking at what's the revenue coming in from this, right? Because there's some people that understand PR as a way to just be um, relevant and people and recognize, and that's fine. But there's other people that look at it. Like I want to make money. I need to make money from this. So how do I do that? Then the work becomes, well, I wouldn't say more complicated. It's just, you have to be more diligent and intentional about where you're putting yourself online. 
if it's podcast, radio, print, whatever it is, so that when you do get yeses, that the people that are listening, tuning in, reading are actually people that want to buy from you. So Renee, are you primarily working? I mean, what are you finding when people, you know, connect with you? Are they wanting to have like, hey, I just need exposure? Or mm -hmm. are they saying, hey, I want PR to lead to opportunities? They want both. Yeah, I would say they that's want what both. I want. I want both. Yeah, they want both. Mm -hmm. um, I think they kind of feed into each other. And, but here's the thing about it is there are PR campaigns where you go out on a blitz, maybe it's a month or two and they're doing like launches or whatever, if you're launching a new product service. And then there's PR, that's just the consistent stuff. It's about always maintaining your relevancy. And so like, for me, I was kind of on the shelf for a little while because I was doing the coaching super not aligned with what I wanted to do. But now I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I know who I'm serving. Mm. I know what I'm selling. Get me in front of the people that need me. It's like, I need to provide them the value. I need to help them because if they don't have me, then they can't succeed. And so where are these women? And you can help them succeed faster. 100%. And that's, I think, you know, there's something, and I do want to talk about the idea that, and there is a point, and I, I do believe this, that there is a point in your business, you know, you have to have revenue coming in. You have to be able to afford services like this to enhance it and, and have products that you can, you know, capitalize on if that's the monetization part of it. And so when people are starting to look at this, are you saying if you're a high five figure, if you're in your six figure, seven figure, what would you say if people are just out there right now listening to you? Mm -hmm. You know, I know, hey, sometimes you start by just planting the seeds. That's all good, starting small. But if you have a podcast, a book, um, programs and all that, what, you know, what, what time in your business, and I, I call it your, the gates that you're going through, right? It's your five to six figure gate. It's the 250, 500, a million, 2.5 million, 10 million. Those are all gates that you get through. Where do you really see that entry point where it's like, this is when it's going to matter. It matters all the time. But I will say this though, those gates with the bigger monetary figures on the other yeah. side of it. And I hate saying this, but there's some level of credibility. That's a little bit bigger than the person that was on the other side of the gate to begin with. So mm -hmm. like your first hundred thousand, I don't know. Did you build a hundred thousand dollar business in three months? That's impressive, right? So that's the story, but the person who's built a $10 million a year business and does all these other things, there's a little bit more juice to that. <laughs> Totally. Okay. We do have to take a quick break. And when we come back, I am going to specifically ask those things that you want to avoid to make sure that you don't have PR disasters. So everyone stay tuned. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by my very own labor of love. My most recent book relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life, reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. 
Hey, everyone, and welcome back. I have Renee Warren, and she is telling us all things PR. And here's the thing, what she did, which I loved at the beginning, if you didn't hear the beginning, go back, listen to it, is she was sharing with us, she was out of alignment. She was not in her 3HQ, her head, her heart, her higher self. She was doing something that... She was doing it because truly this woman could do anything really well, but she was doing it and it was not connecting. It was not lighting her up. And PR, PR lights her up. And so we were talking about coming up with your origin story, making sure you're interesting, making sure that you are, are identifying where are your clients, where are you going to be the most successful in sharing that genuine story. And right before we took a break, I said, all right, you know, it's the do's and the don'ts, what you should avoid, how you can, how you can make sure that you aren't wasting your time, your money, and your energy. So Renee, so excited for this segment, because I think this is going to be so impactful for people to really understand the, the what works and what doesn't. Yes. What works. Oh my gosh. It's probably one of the hardest things to answer when it comes to PR. And let me tell That's you, That's why story. I'm challenging you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're making me scratch my head. Yeah. I want to come back to a, a really great success story that we had, um, during my agency days hire uh, a company out of the States called renters warehouse, which is one of America's largest rental property management companies hired us to help them with content marketing, social media, and PR. So we hired, we did all their social media. We wrote all their articles and I'm talking for the founder on LinkedIn on behalf of the founder for business insider, why are Forbes and entrepreneur, a lot of content writing and their blog and creating their infographics, all this stuff. It was a big account. It's a big, that's a big job. And we were also pitching the media. But what happened is like this company taught us what the PR engine is. And I always talk about the PR mm. engine, how it kind of cycles and works and feeds each other. And that is when content marketing, social media, and traditional PR play together because they play very nicely together. So as we were writing all this content and he was getting more followers on LinkedIn and more comments and content is there was one article that we wrote about how he re essentially retired at the age of 27 and then it got syndicated to Yahoo finance. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, that was a big deal. Yep. They got picked up by Fox news. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all this traffic to their website broke their website. They got it back up and running. We attributed to almost half a million dollars worth of sales within the first 48 hours of that thing going live, which was like, the angle we needed to pitch the Steve Harvey show. And just like that, he got a full segment on the Steve Harvey show. Mm. And, you know, Bob's your uncle after that. It's like when you kind of get those big hits, like just things spiral. Totally. Um, but it took a couple of years to get there. And I want everyone to hear that. <laughs> took a couple it years. took a couple years. Mm -hmm. You know, we always compare ourselves to somebody else and you think, oh, they're doing so well. Well, they've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. You know, you just have to really realize that that, that is such an impactful comment you just mm -hmm. said. And there's people that, you know, we look at our competitors that may have been in the industry longer than us, and they have a little bit more authority and credibility in this space. And we always like, but our product's better. Why are they always getting 
the media went, they're getting it is because they've been doing it longer and they're probably consistent with it. They've also been, if they're the first to market or one of the first to market, they're building those relationships with the journalists well before you. And so now you're coming in, not only with your product that could very well be better than that person, but you have to prove that you're better. And you have to also prove how you're different. Because really at the end of the day, when you open up your medicine cabinet and you see all these skin creams, they're almost all the same, right? Aren't they? I know. Yeah. My husband says that all the time. Yeah. I still think I'm still a junkie on, you know, beauty products, but I agree. Yeah. They're really, I mean, you know, we don't, we, we don't use the same one long enough to know if it's actually going to prove really you the do. results. So at the end of the day, what do we choose off that shelf? We choose the products that are maybe made in Canada because I'm Canadian. Maybe they're made just organic or they're, you know, not tested on animals. There's, there's a story about why we're choosing these products over the millions of others. It's like, oh, they have a really cool Instagram account and they're funny. And that's why I like them. Hmm. So when you find your thing, that's like your story, you go with it, you try, you pitch, you pitch, you pitch. And if you start getting a lot of yeses, you're like, okay, this is it. I have a client, Amber, her book comes out in like four days. <laughs> And we started pitching in January, for, mostly for podcast. And you know, some things, some yeses were coming in. I was like, "Kate, nope, switch the pitch. Kate, completely throw that one out. Start over again." I drafted fifteen different types of drafts, and finally, one day, I pitched three podcasts to have her as a guest on the show, and they all said yes with the new mm -hmm. pitch. I'm like, "Oh, I go, Amber, we got something. something here. We figured." She goes, "This is it. We figured it out." And then ever since then, we used it versions of that pitch. And now we get way more yeses or way more like not right now, but definitely in the future. So mm -hmm. it takes iteration. It takes practice. It takes just jumping in and being wrong. And that's okay. And screwing up and having the wrong person's name, the email address, or sending it to the wrong person. We do this. We're human. But it's showing up and keeping on doing it again and again and iterating and testing things out and finding new contacts. That's what PR is all about. You know what? And what you're speaking about is fundamentals of business. Mm. It's like the foundation, right? We, um, we switched our launch and decided to focus on an entirely like different area of business, still part of our six month fired up entrepreneur course, but a different area. And the first launch, it was not like our normal launches, crickets, like, you know, uh, hello, hello. And then we went back and did that, you know, 80, 20, we kind of massaged the 20% that really, you know, let's not try to throw everything out, right? You just, cause then you have no idea. And then the more confidence you start to get as you deliver it more. And you're like, oh, that, you know, doesn't even sound good to me. I find, and this is something that I have to constantly be asking myself, is this interesting to me? Mm -hmm. Because if it's boring to you, it is certainly being conveyed from an energetic level that is boring to everyone else. So I am okay. constantly, is this interesting? As you said with, you know, your origin story, is it interesting? Yeah. That and so where good. people miss out on the opportunity too is in the follow-up. And mm. most people default to like, we'll just do an example as an email pitch to be a guest on a podcast yeah. is you send the pitch. Generally the cadence to follow up is two weeks later. And most people will follow up. Hey, Hillary, just checking in to see if you received my email about having so-so as a guest on your show. Wah, 
<laughs> right? Totally. Like, yeah, 100%. I saw it or I didn't. And obviously it was crap. So this is why I haven't responded. Yeah. And they're so, not going to respond because who no. wants to respond to someone that like, oh, did I did I not think it was interesting two weeks ago? I really don't think it's interesting now. <laughs> so the follow-up email is something juicy. Like for Amber, my client whose book comes out, the follow-up email was, it was, hey, Hillary, just jumping in to see if you did receive this email. I wanted to add something that was I thought was really cool. Is Amber raised four sons that were all part of the musical School of Rock, and they traveled all over the U.S. And this is where she learned a lot of the methods and techniques that she highlights in the book that I've told you about. And it's just you're like, oh, another. Oh, that's kind of cool. Another tidbit. I like it. Right. So you're you're adding the the thing, and so that's like because before maybe they were on the fence and it just wasn't good enough. So they just didn't do anything. But now you're giving them a little extra. And they're like, oh, okay, this woman's cool. That that's badass. Yeah, I want her on my show. Mm, so there's that old adage that uh, is it adage? Adage. I think it's adage. <laughs> the old adage that says, you know, good PR, bad PR, all PR is good. Ultimately, is that true? That. Uh, you don't know who said that. I don't know. Who have you ever that. have you ever heard that? Any PR is good. Let's just stick with that. Mm. Who the heck? Who the heck cares? If, who mm. said it? Or was it said, but is any PR? I guess maybe, good? I mean, you can look at people like Andrew Tate, <laughs> right? He's all uh -huh. over the internet now. You love him or hate him. Yeah. Quite frankly, I don't even know what he did and I yeah. probably should know. So don't shame me. I think yeah. there's probably a story around why all PR is good. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it. It really depends on the reputation you want to build for yourself too. Yeah. And that, that, you know what, that goes to another point, which I do want to hit on, um, during the Johnny Depp, uh, trial, mm. I was contacted to be on court TV to talk about domestic violence. And I had to sit with this and think, you know, I, I, I work through a lot of limiting beliefs, trauma based around limiting beliefs and stories. But I didn't feel that the relaunch brand and myself would have enough knowledge, enough like, hey, I, I really can be talking about this. So I passed on it. Yeah. And within two days, another opportunity on Dr. Phil came up and it was about road rage on um, and how people go from zero to 60. And that one, I'm like, I can talk to because I understand what happens energetically to people the more they go down that rabbit hole of, of emotions and of you know things that build up and then finally you blow. But I have to tell you, I was then approached and they said, you should have done court TV. And I thought it didn't, it wasn't in alignment with me. It didn't feel right. And so as somebody is being given something as you start, you know, when do you say, no, I'm going to pass. And when do you say, all right, I need to, because I don't have enough that I really have to have to have people look at it and say, yeah, she's got, she's got street cred. I say when you're first starting out, say yes to every opportunity, unless it's completely misaligned, but say yes, like ask to speak on a stage, just say yes, you'll figure it out. Now right? that I agree. I totally because you just got to, you just got to start talking the talk. Yeah. And that the more you do it, the easier it gets. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. that's my angle. That's my story. Like I can talk about PR 
forever. You can just say, Renee, by the way, uh, stage there, 20,000 people in the audience. Can you go teach them a thing or two about PR for 30 minutes? Not, and no preparation. <laughs> yes. Yes. 100%. Yeah. I can go up there. No problem. So the more you do it, the better you get at it. However, like those opportunities is what is this going to do for my reputation? Am I going to be misunderstood, yeah, especially totally. from current customers or the people that follow me? Why, like, why, why are you doing this? There doesn't seem to be some sort of connection between what you're doing and this opportunity. And so I just want to make sure that there's no disconnect when those opportunities come up. Yeah. And I think that you, you have to feel right about it. Right. And if you're sitting there and it's totally a reach, like, whoa, like me on court TV, I mean, and then that there were going to be other panel members that were lawyers. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, I could have got, I could have gotten lambasted. I could have been like, okay. So you really do have to be very honest, okay. but I also really like what you said. The more you deliver these things, the more confident you get, the more you go back and listen to yourself in some of the stories, you're going to be like, Ooh, that worked. That fell short. That yeah. was good. That I'm not even sure what I said there. <laughs> and a lot of times you get in the zone. How do you work with your clients to perfect what their sound bites are going to be, what their story is going to be? What, what does that look like from a process you know, perspective working with you? It's a constant process of iteration. Like there's, there's no just, oh, here's the definitive thing. And this is perfect. Let's go with this. Um, when we first start working together, I always interview my client as though like in a position like this, as though I was somebody who may be on TV or radio asking mm -hmm. questions. Um, and there's just a whole framework that we follow to get that content out of them. Mm. So I have a program um, it's called my VIP day, which is the authority booster intensive where we go through this together mm. and I, I teach them the process. It's like, there's something you're not sharing that you know is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Share it. Let's put it out on paper. Let's massage this. Like, what does this look like? Because people, people want to connect. Like I know Rachel Hollis a few years ago, Unfortunately, we talk about bad PR and good PR. She said something about how she didn't want to be relevant to her audience. Something happened. I can't remember the story, mm. but somebody, she shared something and somebody mm. posted a comment saying, oh, you're so irrelevant to me. And she's like, I don't care about being relevant. Mm. And I said, that was a big mm. PR no-no. Mm. Yeah. Your, in, your entire entirety of, of starting your business and putting yourself out there mm -hmm. is to be relevant to the people that you're serving. And so you just got to, you got to find that story that's relevant. So you think there's probably four or five things you can extract some angles some like juicy nuggets. What are they? Write them out on paper, write them out on a Google doc and just start writing and writing and writing. Cause people want to talk about that. And the story doesn't have to be, I call this the halo effect, right? The, the bullseye is like, that is a really good angle about everything that you offer, but there's rings around that bullseye that are still relevant. Mm. And so for instance, coming back to the example of that BC business news editor, when I said, Hey, like, here's a story about me integrating into the ecosystem of small business in BC, but it had nothing to do with PR. Right. But it still mattered because if he says, yes, now I will have myself in this publication. So you have to think, and and, and sometimes and you, these you're spinning it though, which is so great that sometimes mm -hmm. you got to look for, you know, what is that backdoor approach 
to get in there. Cause once you get in and, you know, great example is I was on wake up with Marcy. Okay. I was a guest and now I'm going back as a co-host. Well, I took an opportunity and I'm like, Ooh, let's do this. And now something else has come. You got to take that opportunity and see how you can spin it. Another thing I wanted to mention, as you said, that writing it down, writing it down. And do you, when you're starting to work with someone, do you have a process for getting people comfortable? You know, one of the biggest fears out there is being on a stage and yet PR is about bringing your, your client onto stages, Mm -hmm. different stages. How do you work with people and what do you do to get them to be their best version of themselves on any of the stages that you provide? It's all preparation. It's all preparation. And, and one example would be if we're doing like a podcast tour is we start with, and I hate calling it the low hanging fruit, but these are podcasts that might not have as many downloads. They're not as popular. Right. So, because just by knowing that you, you show up a little bit better because you're less intimidated. So we start 100%. by getting them on those that shows. Is so great. And then as we listen to those recordings, like my client, Amber, as an example, and I say that just because we're really hot on her book launch, her last recording was so good. I go, this is finally it, this right here. And it took us 30 recordings to get to this point. <laughs> and now we figured it out and we go and like massage the questions that the, uh, the host asks all these things mm-hmm. so that we can now make sure the conversation's focused around getting to these specific nuggets and core methods from her book. That is such a great piece right there. I'm going to go back on that one because I hadn't really thought about that, that, you know, there are some podcasts that at the beginning, I'm like, I want to be on this podcast. Like, let's go for that. But thankfully those are now happening now after I have done a hundred different podcasts and I have been able to work my stories. So now I have, and there's a huge difference. If you go back and listen to yourself when you're telling your story at the beginning one or two times, and after you've done it 20, 30, 40 times. So sometimes, you know, those, those small little you know, helping, you know, with the, with the smaller ones and those smaller ones, sometimes they have a better kind of intimate connection with their audience than some of the big ones that it's just, I mean, these people will do anything for those, for those hosts. I mean, they say, Hey, go check this out. My God, they all go check you out. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> so it, it's an incredible process. Yeah. It really is. So let me ask you as I am asking you about PR and as you're getting really back into it and you're kind of like diving, you know, headfirst into this gigantic pool, what are you from a PR perspective, what type of client are you really looking for? You. You. (laughs) Done. Sold. So, uh, well, I mean, if that your listeners know you, so you, my ideal customer, her name is Jackie. And Mm -hmm. I know this because she's a real person in my life. She's a friend and I have a Jackie too. Okay. Jackie's the best. She's awesome. And so the way I describe her is she actually went through a relaunch as well, which is so beautiful and fascinating to watch from where she was in her life and her business to where she is now. It's kind of like 
It's just a lotus leaf unfolding. Mm. But the way I describe it is I want to be the person that goes, that helps Jackie 1.0 get to Jackie 2.0 to Jackie 3.0. That's awesome. How can I bridge that gap? And now she's in a position where she can afford my services. So there's no hesitation there, but she understands the value of PR. So there's no having to teach her that. Mm -hmm. And the process is very clear. So Jackie is a female entrepreneur. She has a family and she's growing her business earmarking for the first million of dollars. Hmm. Yeah. And so you have a Jackie, I've got a Jackie. Jackie's are incredible. And what's great is that as you're saying that with your avatar and you're really defining it and you're really looking for it and you're really like narrowing down, when you do that, are you, especially because there's people out there starting businesses and sometimes you want to take a client just to take a client, just to have a client, just to pay the bill, just to say, hey, I had success. How do you feel about if someone were to come to you right now and saying, you know what? It's what's the show that says it's a pass shark tank, right? It's okay. (laughs) I'm not doing it. So how do you handle situations like that? Uh, like rejection for me, no rejection that you don't, you shouldn't be taking that client. It's not in alignment with what you are. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is I get there's the variables are, I have to pay the bills. Sometimes you got to just get scrappy for a while. When I ran my agency, we had all these different clients. Finally, we decided it's tech startups. Finally, it was tech startups that raised a series A. It was very specific. And then we started getting even more specific. Mm. Sometimes, most of the time, you don't know until you start working with all the people. And then you start figuring out, I want to serve funded technology startups that are located on the West Coast of the United States. Mm. That's specific. But I wouldn't know that until I was either working in one or I had other people that I was supporting. So for me, it's like, I still work with men. I have male clients now. It's not to say that because Jackie's my ideal customer, I'm not going to attract these people. But when you find them, it's just, it's so much easier (laughs) to serve the people that you want to see succeed, whatever it is that you do. You know, and what you said, that's great because you're saying, hey, I, my target is female. But you also help men too. I do the same. I have one-on-one clients that are guys. They don't, they don't want group programs, but I do, I do serve them. Now, as we're wrapping up, I want to ask you, if somebody is listening, what are the questions that they should be thinking about if they are now kind of like, hey, this could be an opportunity for me right now. What should, what should they be thinking? And then what more importantly, should they be asking somebody like you before they sign up? Okay. So to work with me or to work with someone in PR is the first thing you should ask is, um, success stories. What are some case studies to show me how long to take the process? What does your process look like? Because I operate differently than most, if not all PR agencies and publicists out there. I know this because I have a ton that are friends. How I'm different, my communication is world-class. My reporting is world-class. But when it comes to like media list and contacts is you actually see everything. Most PR people, they they protect those contacts because Mm. they spent all of these years building up those relationships. Well, at the end of the day, somebody can easily just go find that information. 
Mm-hmm. And so I just give you everything. There's no questioning about Renee, are you doing the work? What's happening? Cause you see the pitches, you see the angles, you see when I'm pitching, who I'm pitching, what's happening. So wins process, and then anything else your heart desires in terms of asking when it comes to PR, but also the, here's, I have to say this too. Uh, I think it's the American public relations society mm-hmm. stipulates that you are not, it's actually against their rules to guarantee results. Uh, and, and everyone should hear that in all across a business, like everything, yeah. never, never. Cause no, it can get you in trouble. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, like coaching, especially because mm. the coaching, the onus is on the person being coached to do the right. work. So you can never guarantee results. And here's why there's so many variables because right. There are the journalist who has to say yes or no, and then they have to pitch the editor. So there's so many people. An example is Lindsay, who's a connection of mine. She's an incredible journalist. She, I'm subscribed to her Substack, and she said, well, my Times article just came out and I wrote this thing nearly a year ago. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine if your client was like, sign up for a six month agreement and they're like, you promised me this Time article, yeah. where is it? It's like. Mm-hmm. There it is. So the, the, the measurement of PR, Mm -hmm. I say it's the quality of the quantity. I love that. So now we got to We got to unfortunately wrap this up. Where can people find more about you? Yes, They can go to wewildwomen.com or on Instagram at Renee two E's after the end underscore Warren. And if any of you have additional questions, DM, you heard her say, She is all over Instagram. So check her out. Thank you so much for being here. We are going to be back next week with another relaunch story with more juicy insights into business, into what you should be thinking about as you relaunch your business towards that six, seven, or eight figure number. And again, as I always like to say, relaunch is not about doing it and waiting. It's about relaunching now and making that the decision to do it today. So everyone, we look forward to seeing you back here next week. And Renee, thank you so much for giving us all that insight. Thanks for having me. You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.